I'm Veronica Jans, and I'm obsessed with backends, specifically your business backend, your operations, and I'm the CEO and founder of Business Laid Bare. We're a digital operations agency that builds well-lubricated and orgasmic operations so that your business is pleasurable, productive, and ultimately profitable. Because when you feel good, everything else feels good too, like your team, your customers, and your bank account. I mean, who doesn't want to consent to that? This podcast gives you the tips, interviews, and mindset shifts on how to run your business and its operations so that it's immensely pleasurable, productive, and profitable. So, ready to whip your business into shape with me? Let's get it on. All right. I am so excited to have you on the show today, Karanda. Like, thank you so much for being my first guest. Like, cherry popped on <laughs> the business whip for a guest episode. So I am thrilled and I can't wait for you to share the stuff that we're going to talk about because I've always wanted to showcase entrepreneurs and how they run their businesses because there's like no one true way to do something. There's always just one you way. So I'm super excited that you're my first guest and let's just kick it off by you introducing yourself and what you do and all that good stuff. Awesome. I'm super excited to be here to be your cherry popper. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so I'm Karanda Adair and I'm the CEO of Carvel Digital. I just celebrated my eighth year in business this January and I've seen some things. We'll talk about that. So I started out as a web developer and what I do now is I really help mission-driven service-based business owners, primarily women of color, to learn how to use content to sell their service. As service-based business owners, you know, we go through that roller coaster where we're hustling to get clients and then we get clients and then our marketing dies because we're busy delivering to those clients. And then we look up and we have no new clients. <laughs> I've just, I've been through that for so many years. And my answer to that is content, helping people use content to really kind of clone themselves because people can read and watch and listen to content 24-7, whether you're there or not. I always joke that I teach people how to be people online, and that's never <laughs> been more needed than right now in the middle of a pandemic. So that's primarily what I do. There's just a whole long road with so many forks to how I got to do that particular thing. And the vehicle that I use to do that is a 12-week content boot camp that I put folks through. And I call it a boot camp because it's not a course. It's like you're going to come and you're going to do some stuff. You're going to implement. And um, I just got off of my weekly client coaching call right before this. So I'm in an excellent mood. It's literally the best hour of my week. Just giving them these great ahas and then they go off and they do stuff and it's great. So that's me. That's what I do on the work side. On the personal side, I have a wife. We just celebrated 50 years together. And uh, we have a dog that runs our lives. He's a two and a half year old <laughs> Bichla named Obi. He's got his own Instagram. And then we have two cats. So that's really what I spend all my time doing aside from work is like feeding pets. That's the story of my life. Like my dog Harper here is just laying beneath my feet. So whenever the mailman comes or a leaf blows across the front lawn, she's barking just in case, you know, I don't feel safe. So if that <laughs> happens, it's all good because from one dog, mom and lover to another. Yes. What are we going to do? Be barking. Nope. There nothing. will be barking. Just love them. So I love that quick synopsis that you gave, especially when it comes to talking about content. Like I'm going to be the first one to raise my hand that content is not my forte. I'm an operations person. So anything marketing or content, I'm so glad I hired my creative director. Shout out to Becca because Otherwise I wouldn't show up 
But what I took away from that immediately was like, you can't just like one night stand your content. It seems like a lot of people are kind of like one and done. And once they're like done posting, it's like maybe they leave or they feel like they have to go through that cycle again. So it's really, really interesting to see that you're so focused on helping people achieve that, but in a way that feels good. And this podcast is all about teaching people how to run a business that feels really, really pleasurable because that leads to productivity and then profits. So how does that work in what you teach your students? So there's a few different aspects to it. One is, you know, you do have to show up consistently. And I have clients who are all over the map in terms of some of them are really great at writing. Some of them like video, some of them like audio, some of them are really hesitant when they first start to put themselves out there. And so they struggle with just being visible. Like there's all these things. And, you know, in business, there's always going to be some things like you just have to do, right? Or that have to get done, right? So for the folks who are like, I don't want to spend the rest of my life on Instagram, that's not the goal, right? <laughs> the goal is if you can find your voice, if you can really get clarity on what I call the, the big three, right? Your offer, your audience, and your messaging, right? You have to have the right offer. You have to be putting in front of the right people and you have to be talking about it in the right way so that they can really hear you. So if you can get those three things down and then you can build a library of content or you can build a system of content creation, then you don't have to be babysitting that and doing that 24 seven. So I'll give you a very concrete example from my own business. I love Instagram for my dog. Like I wouldn't be mad if you put his Instagram in the show notes instead of mine. Okay. I hate Instagram for my business. Like I didn't understand how to use hashtags. I don't understand why we collectively decided that this platform where you can't even put a link, like where you have to struggle to make a paragraph inside of a caption. I'm like, why did we decide that this was the thing for business? I was very bitter about that. And so I put on my big girl pants and I took a course on Instagram for business and I figured out the basics of how to do it. And I was doing it. And then at the point where I was able to start getting help, I hired someone and that is the first thing that she took off my plate. And so we have a very well-oiled system where I have an Airtable database with now eight years worth of content. And I can say, Takira, here's the theme for this week. And she can go and mine my content library for things so that I don't have to be creating all the time, but I do create because that's just, that's one of the things I like to do is create and put out content. So she can take it from the library. I went into my stories the other day and I saw a screenshot of a Facebook post that I had made. And I was like, bless you. I had nothing to do with that. I saw it the same time as everybody else. So I don't have to manage the mechanics of that. I can do what I really want to do, which is, you know, create and write and make videos and be with my clients and all that stuff. And no, that like, I'm going to show up, you know, on social media and all the places that I need to be. People think like, oh, I don't want to do this thing because they think they're going to have to do that forever. You get to decide what you ultimately want to focus on in your business. And then your job is to create the systems and hire the right people so that those things can get done so that you can then focus on the things that are orgasmic for you and your business. I love it. This is, I'm just like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, nodding (laughs) and like jazz hands in the air. Okay. So I actually want to go back. So I'm going to hazard an assumption that your business wasn't always orgasmic as it was now, like just talking to you and how you're describing what you do and what you can offload, like you're glowing. Walk me through when you were running, you said that you were a WordPress developer in the past, your past life. And obviously you don't do that anymore. So it's like, 
walk me through how you were feeling very like restricted and tied down in the not so fun ways and how that evolution progressed to where you are now. Because I just want to give our listeners like that timeline of how you thought about it and then what actions you took to make this dream happen. Absolutely. Okay. So to do that, we have to go all the way back to before the business (laughs) when I was working at a tiny little startup. um, And basically we made junk mail, (laughs) marketing postcards, but a little bit of web stuff. And I remember asking like, what is CSS and and getting the answer. And like, I still didn't understand, but I was a project manager in that company. And I had a meeting with our web developer who was a freelance person at the time. So not inside the company. And I left that meeting and I was like, wow, that guy gets to work wherever he wants. Like he's probably making three times as much money. And like, how do I do that? And I literally went back to my desk and, you know, went to the local community college website. It was like, how do I become a web developer? So figured that out, went to school, got a degree, went to work for a tech agency, like your standard bro filled tech agency. And so that's probably like the most not orgasmic part of the story was that was like the catalyst of, I always knew I wanted to work for myself and I was working at this place and things on the outside were going good. Like right before I got fired, I got a month before I got a raise and like a fancy new title. And then I got fired for a quote unquote culture fit. It's so common. So I was mad for like 15 minutes and then I was like, oh, okay, I get to go do my own thing. So that was the start of my business. I was lucky I had like some unemployment. They have a program in Oregon where you can basically get unemployment, but you can use those funds to start your business and you don't have to pay it back. So I did that. So I had like a little bit of a runway to basically go get clients. So I started making $500 WordPress sites for people. And I figured out pretty quickly that that doesn't really help anyone. And then I started trying to figure out like, how do people market online? How does that work? It's not just put up a brochure website and hope for the best. (laughs) That's not what it is. And so I really did a deep dive and started getting into masterminds and paying for mentorship basically and getting around people who were more successful than I was. And the other sort of dip in the story is I got into one of those masterminds. I was able to level up and get sort of the biggest web project that I had gotten to date went in way over my head. And in fact, in one of the groups that I'm in right now, someone was like, oh, help, I'm, you know, I'm drowning and I've got this project and I'm in over my head and I can't, you know, do it. And I'm like, you'll be okay. You'll, <laughs> you'll get through it. Um, but it was a dark time and it put me in a lot of debt trying to make things right with that project and having to pay back money and, you know, just like so much drama. And some of that, you know, some of that I'm still paying off, honestly. But the thing about making a mistake and, and getting yourself into a hole is that And I just said this in a video yesterday, you can't allow mistakes to be a reason for you to quit. Business is hard. That's just how it is, right? Like shit's going to happen. So I always just kept my focus on what is it that I want? What do I want to be happening? What do I want my business to be like? And I just kept moving towards that. And it was a long, long span of years of just kind of scraping by. (laughs) and sometimes not scraping by and continuing to tweak my offer, continuing to pivot, continuing to raise my prices. And in 2019, I really hit the wall on doing projects for people because I had learned so much about marketing. I had figured out that your website is important, but it's kind of the front door for people to get into your world. And you need to have other things to support that like email marketing and social and all the things. And so when I would talk to business owners about this in the middle of a web project, They'd be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like just finish the website. And I was pissed. (laughs) 
at the end of 2018, I said, okay, I'm just not going to make websites anymore. I'm not going to do any done for you. I'm just going to become a content marketing coach. You know, it wasn't like the smooth record fade, like the DJs do. It was like the record scratch. It was like, eh. December, this is over January. This is starting. I think I got my first client at the very end of December, somebody signed on to be like my first coaching client. And then I just had to build that thing from scratch. <laughs> that year was client wise. It was a great year in terms of like the, the client relationship was so different because people weren't expecting me to do everything for them. Like they were taking responsibility and they were implementing and they were getting results. But financially, that was like a super shitty year. But I just, I kept at it. And then, you know, 2020, I think I've doubled what I did in 2019. And I have a whole podcast episode about sort of what I call the glow up of, you know, finally like making real money and breaching like the 40K mark in a month. And like all these things that when I would, talk to my wife about it. She would just kind of give me this look like people don't actually make that kind of money. And I'm like, yeah, they do. And I'm going to be watching. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, I really had to go through it. And really last year, 2020 of all years was the year, at least business wise, that things really started to click for me. Okay. That totally was me too. I burned my business to the ground, like Q4 of 2019. Like I literally was like, fuck this shit. I hate this. I don't want to break any tables. So I'm just going to metaphorically turn it over in my head <laughs> because it felt like I was scraping by. I'm like, I swear I have this genius to teach, but it's just like wrong client, wrong client avatar, wrong offering. It's like everything was nails on chalkboard and I was leaking money out my back end because it's like, <laughs> An inefficient business or a business that's just not in alignment is going to lead to revenue and profit leakage. So I'm just like, something's got to give. So was there something that you did to help rebuild your business to make it what it is today? We're going to talk about that down the line. But like, for me, it was just like my litmus test was if it wasn't orgasmic, if it didn't make my nose run or my eyes like cry. So like, basically if I'm crying or my nose is dripping, it means that I got to run towards that thing. Cause I'm getting really excited. So I'm just like snotty and cry. So I follow my drip. I basically follow my drip. I was like, if it doesn't feel orgasmic, if it doesn't bring me joy, if I'm not like bouncing up and down, I'm not going to do it. So that was like my litmus test. Was that something similar for you or was it a yeah. little more refined? Um, you know, I don't have the nose running thing, but um, for me, it's the people that I'm working with. I've developed my spidey sense about who's going to be a great client and who's going to be problematic. And I think it takes a while to build that in your business. And I think partially that's because a lot of us, when we start out, are broke and we just kind of have to take whatever. But when you get to the point where you get that first client who is just dreamy, like they do everything that they need to do. They're grateful for your work together. They're paying you well. Like you just need one of those to be like, I'm never going back. I started to get those. And now like that's everybody, like literally everybody is dreamy like that. And I think a large part of that is my marketing. I think it was an email I did called first date marketing, where I talk about <laughs> a lot of people they try to be like the first date version of themselves in their marketing. So it's like your hair's done if you have hair, which I don't. Like, you, you know, you put on your fanciest outfit and like you take small bites at dinner, like whatever the bullshit things like people do, right? But then and you get in the relationship and they find out who you really are. So like, just don't do that. If anything, my marketing is probably a little bit meaner than I actually am. Because my clients who are in my program are like, oh my God, Gerardo, we love you. 
I transitioned from doing one-on-one sales calls to doing group sales calls. So I'm like, I'm selling a group program. So I'm like, here, you can try before you buy because I didn't have the time, honestly, to do all the, the one-on-ones. And so I accidentally posted about this sales call last week in my client group. I meant to post it in my free group. And my clients were like, what call was this? Why wasn't I notified? Why was there another dog trainer there? <laughs> they were pissed. I'm like, sorry, you didn't miss anything. It was just a sales call. <laughs> My clients are all amazing. They're doing amazing things. They have amazing businesses that I'm really, really happy to be supporting in the world. The thing that I did is just, I got really, really picky about who it was that I was working with. And I focused my business on really helping people and mentoring people, which it turns out I really enjoy. Like I just, I love seeing people go from super confused and just overwhelmed and stressed to having clarity. That's one of the things that happens quickly in the program is people get clarity so they know not only what actions to take, but that they're the right actions that are going to lead them to results. Because I think we all do a lot of things in our business in the beginning where we're just throwing spaghetti at the wall and we're just like hoping we're just looking at like, oh, this guru does that. So I need a webinar. I think I need this. And it's like, I love what you said before we started about the one you way, right? There's some principled things you do. You have to show up consistently, right? You have to have that offer audience messaging, but then within that, you get to be creative and create how you're going to do it. I love it. And this like goes perfectly into what I was going to ask you next. You talk about clients, like dreamy clients as part of your orgasmic business repertoire. So what else is in your business or what else happens in your business that also makes it orgasmic? Well, I finally have a team. So that's pretty freaking awesome. I went from in May of 2020 being pretty much just me. And within four or five months, I had like six people. I have a couple of automation specialists who actually like do so Secret aside, I still actually do projects for people, mostly my coaching clients. So we do have some done for you stuff going on in a very structured way. And so I have some folks who help me with that. I have Takira who helps me with social media and just like all kinds of things. I have someone who writes SOPs and that's like her primary thing. And she does a lot of other admin stuff. And then the thing that I was missing was a great operations manager. And I think I told you because... I remember you having sort of your epiphany about like, oh, this is, this is who my ideal client is. And I was like, that's me, except I'm hiring in-house, but otherwise I would be on your doorstep right now. (laughs) Um, And so it took a couple of tries to get my operations manager. The first person I hired looked great on paper and I did not do a test task. And that was a total rookie mistake. And then she just was not performing like at all. And so I let her go after a couple months and started over, which is also a totally normal thing that happens. And now I have someone who is, again, she's dreamy. I feel super supported. You know, I go into ClickUp and she's like, Hey, I've rearranged our entire process for the podcast and here's how it flows. And I made a video for the team and I'm just like, like, I think I just came. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Basically. Yeah. But yeah, it's super dreamy. Like Everybody on my team is a high performer and, you know, they're down with sort of our culture of documentation and systemization. That's how you get dreamy operations. I was doing something for a PR submission recently. And one of the questions was, what new and exciting project are you working on in your business? And I'm like, it's not new. Like that's the problem with entrepreneurs is we're always chasing after new shit. And then we wonder why we can't systemize, where we can't get momentum, all these things, right? I'm like, the, the, the really exciting thing that I'm doing is we're creating processes. Now we have a podcast process. Now we're going to organize our SOPs in this way. Like that's the stuff that gets me really excited because then it's one step closer to me not being in the weeds of the business. 
I love that. And it's so eloquently said because, as you may know, systems and processes don't sound exactly exciting unless you make it so. So it's like the fact that you're talking about it and how it just helps you elevate your business to a level that allows you to feel so good. Just, you know, I'm all like heart eyes over here. So <laughs> my face was an emoji. It's like that heart eyes trying to give you like also a kiss. Okay. So next question that I have was, are you comfortable talking about that test task that you should have given? Yeah, totally. And I did give it in the second hiring process. And so what it was, was I gave them an SOP, a standard operating procedure, and I asked them to create a task template in ClickUp based on that SOP. So what I want is the SOP is how to do something and I want it separated from what to do. And so the task should basically just say, make sure you check off all these things, right? If there's a header in the SOP that's like how to do this thing, then that header is a line item that's like, make sure you did that thing. And if you don't know how to do it, well, the document on how to do it is right there and you can open it up. And so I basically gave that to my top three candidates. I gave them guest access to my ClickUp and I said, here, create this. Yeah, it was, it was super helpful. Would you say that running a pleasurable business for you has led to higher or faster profits? Oh, yeah, absolutely. My best month in my business was last July. So one of the programs that we're both in, there was a challenge issued to make 10K in 10 days. And I was actually going on vacation on the first day of the challenge. But I was like, challenge accepted, bitches. I'm an automation specialist. Let's do this. So I got with the team. It was just two people at the time. And I was like, all right, I'm going to the woods and we have this challenge and we're going to line up all our social media so that it's going. And here's how we're going to streamline our customer service process so that you all can get any requests that come through from clients and handle them. And here's what we're selling that doesn't require me because I have a lot of digital products. We kind of had that huddle and I left. We did 15K while I was gone. So I was gone for like five days, five or six days. And then through the whole 10 day challenge, we did just over 21K, I believe. You can go listen to my podcast episode about it to get the real yeah, numbers. I want to I want to um, link to that. That's how, that's why process and documentation is sexy because it allows you to make fucking money <laughs> while you're in the woods. Um, so the really awesome thing about that was that the next month we, after that challenge ended, I was like, huh. I only need this many more clients to get to 50K. Let's see if we could do that. And so we got, I think, within like $1,500 of 50K that month. And then the next month we did 40, but without really trying. Like we were just, you know, keeping on doing the same stuff and it just kept working. And then after that, I think the mistake that people make when that happens, when they hit that high mark, is they're like, this is our new normal. And yes, it can become your new normal. But often when you jump that high, you break your business, which is why people need to come hire you, right? (laughs) So if you have that, if you have your hockey stick, as they put it, like then come hire Veronica to come fix your shit. Then you can go back to like pushing your marketing because what you don't want to do is fuck up the client experience because all of a sudden you have all this business. You don't have the capacity to serve. We spent basically the last quarter of 2020 really like internally focused, like, okay, let's get these systems. Let's make sure client delivery is dreamy, right? Is orgasmic. And this is like a secret marketing tip that nobody tells you. Just be fucking good at what you do and give people a great experience. I feel like nobody talks about that part of marketing. (laughs) Like that is also marketing, how people are going to talk about their experience of working with you. I wonder if, because I immediately was like, 
thinking about myself and I'm like, ooh, imposter syndrome, maybe. So I'm just being completely transparent. Like, I'm wondering if that's what holds us back. Like, we don't think we've reached a stage where we're ready to like tout our awesomeness and all that good stuff when we so are. So it's like, I just wonder, and this is a conversation for a whole nother time, but it's just like, that's what just came up. And also inability to deliver, like a question I put in my group yesterday was, are you sabotaging your marketing because you're worried that you're not going to be able to, to deliver? Do you hit this choke point? So if you shore up the back end, then you have confidence that like, okay, I can handle more business. And then you can go out and you can hit that marketing. So it's just whole ecosystem. People want to compartmentalize and be like, oh, my ads aren't working or this or that. And it's like, we can just sabotage ourselves for the weirdest reasons. I feel like in business, I say this all the time. It's a personal growth program that you get paid for and your personal life will bleed over into your business life. I love how you've just embraced that and be like, everything's going to be king. I love that so <laughs> I don't much. Know how else to be. I, I just don't. And so this is who I am offline as well. So people are like, yeah, your puns are just so well landed. I'm like, I don't know. That's just who I am. So it's I'm just glad to get gift. paid. <laughs> there you go. That's my gift. Thank you. There you go. Okay. So I really want to talk about the other side of your business. So we talked about things that were orgasmic and let's just be transparent. Like what's not orgasmic in your business right now? And then what are you doing to actively make it orgasmic? You know how when you go to clean out a closet or, you know, have that junk room or whatever, and you're like, I'm going to get control of this. And so you take everything out and then you have a <laughs> pile of junk on the floor. And so that's kind of what my business feels like. It's not that dramatic, but it feels like there are a lot of piles on the floor right now. And it's just like going around and tidying them up and taking things out that don't need to be there. And I give myself and my team a lot of grace as much as it's sort of frustrating for things not to be like super smooth. It's always a process. You know, today is inauguration day. And one of the things that yes. struck me in that was when they pointed out that the constitution says a more perfect union, right? Not a perfect union, more perfect because it's never going to be perfect. And so what I stay focused on is, oh, we did this today. We wrangled this process today. We got this thing. You know, we automated this today. I automated sending out W9s to all of my clients who need them. So I don't have to think about it. So like, all of those little steps, that's what I get excited about because three months from now, I'm going to look back and be like, oh yeah, it's so much dreamier. Like even, you know, it feels like a pile of junk on the floor now, but, and that, that's me being dramatic. It doesn't actually feel that bad, but no, that's, but, that's you know, delicious. The actions are just one hiring care and my operations manager so that now when I have these ideas, you know, I'll say something like, Hey, I need the template to be this way. I don't want the SOP inside of the template, you know, inside the task. Cause then if we have to change it, we have to change it two different places. So I want it to be like this and then I'll go back and it'll be changed. It'll be like this. Like I can say things and I go back and I'll be like, Oh, look at all these client tasks that are done. Like that's still just like a really dreamy feeling. So the action is just defining what needs to happen and then making sure to delegate it to the people who can make it happen and like letting my team be great basically oh my gosh not hiring and or rather not delegating was like one of the biggest mistakes that I wish I could have taken back okay so that was amazing. I love that you shared so much with us. Like, I'm so grateful that you came onto the show on inauguration day and popped my cherry. And so before we leave, tell the listeners where they can find you, like pimp your stuff out. Pimp and also, yes. And I need to like add your dog. So 
my business is Carvel Digital, K-A-R-V-E-L, like Marvel, but with a K. And you can find me pretty much everywhere with those handles. So CarvelDigital.com is the website. We're on Instagram. I hang out most in my service CEOs group on Facebook. So you can go to CarvelDigital.com slash CEO, and that'll forward you to the Facebook group. And yeah, like all the places I uploaded my brain to the internet at members.carveldigital.com. And so that's where you can find all my digital products that solve a lot of the small problems people have around being overwhelmed about which software tools to use and how do I get my head around email marketing? Like if you need to DIY your website, like I have lots of cool digital products to help people solve those problems. I love it. Okay. Before I let you go, cause I have so many questions, but I'm just going to ask one what's next for you. Like what's on the horizon for this year? I literally took a CEO day last Friday and I mapped out how I'm going to take this business to a million dollars. So I figured out that we need to help 150 entrepreneurs reach 20 K a month in their business. That's our focus for this year. That gave me so many good chills. I love it. Thank you so much, Gronda, for being on the show today. I am so grateful. This has been so dreamy and fantastic. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Business Whip, hosted by yours truly, Veronica Yons, CEO and founder of Business Late Bear. If you enjoyed this episode, spank that subscribe button in whichever podcast app you're listening in and share this with your friends. Your support means everything. So thank you from the bottom of my butt, because let's be real, it's so much bigger than my heart. I'll see you in the next episode.